What's going on, everyone? We are back up on Real Talk. So today we have Troy Rice with us. He grew up bullied. He often came home in tears, and that led him to a place where even throughout his young and adult life, he was a person without confidence, always seeking validation from others, kids, parents, and then eventually even some of his bosses. Then he became an analyst. Troy was spending three years developing leadership, talent, recognition, doing work-life development training programs for a $2 billion company, became a face of cultural change, and affected the lives of over 700 employees. Troy believes in making a world where everyone can pursue their life's fulfillment, waking up every day grateful for what they have, and eager to develop great work to help grow others and themselves. He now wakes up every day living a life he's proud to lead, sharing what he's learned with the youth, and also runs an amazing agricultural business. Oh, thanks, Roman. That was awesome, man. What a cool uh, intro. But uh, yeah, so like the journey to here is, is interesting because most people would have considered what I was accomplishing in the corporate world to be highly successful and a journey worth staying on. To be honest, like I was coming home and I was depressed. To have three boys and an incredible wife and a home and everything that you could ever think about and then wake up depressed and just hate what I was doing, not feeling fulfilled. It's just a huge process to go through mentally. And so everything actually changed for me when I hit a true breaking point of depression. I had a mental breakdown and my wife's like, you just need to figure out what you want to do in life that will provide the most value, not only to yourself, but to other people. And that was when I started a practice of meditation and gratitude, where I started actually realizing what I truly had, appreciating what I had, being present, and then slowly starting to define what my core values are. And when I landed on that, my core values ended up being agriculture and education. Agriculture because my wife and I are extremely passionate about the food that we eat and to teach our kids to eat properly because there are so many institutional systems out there, grocery stores, schools that provide a foundation of poor eating habits. And we are trying to do our best to teach that in our kids. And so we are inspired to just dig into the agricultural world and figure out how we can fit in. And with that, uh, last year, we launched an online farmer's market model. So consider like shopping on Amazon, but for farm food. And it was really cool. So we're pivoting to a new platform here in April that will focus on lean farming principles to help farms run viable, sustainable businesses and will also be global. From the educational piece, like you alluded to in the intro, I wanted to give back. I sheltered in being bullied uh, for nearly 22 years. I never talked about it. I didn't want to talk about it as a kid. I would tell my parents that I didn't want them to do anything about it, but I was born with two lazy eyes and I couldn't see. So I just imagine wearing these like huge Coke bottle glasses when I was a kid and glasses weren't cool back then. There was no Warby Parkers of the world. <laughs> and I would literally step onto a bus or in school, have bullies knock the glasses off and stomp on them and basically just sit there not being able to see and have my parents have to come home or come pick me up and, and drive me home. And what happens is that really built a foundation of validation for me in life. How can I find every moment in every situation to make me feel safe? And what that leads to is always doing things for other people, always doing things that never would you want to do, but things that people ask you to do. And so it came to the point where I went to university and studied uh, finance because somebody told me I was good at math but not something that I love to do. And so that took me through the corporate world of finance and accounting and ultimately strategy. And then that glimpse in there that you talk about the culture programs is really where I started to get to what I cared about, which was helping people. And so once I got to that point, it helped me build the leadership skills that allow me to do what I do right now with business and owning an agriculture company. And then the story I share in schools is the perspectives of bullying and having people ask better questions because I believe both the bully and the victim come from the same place, which is insecurity. And if we would just ask 
better questions, then we might learn that the bully is acting out versus some others were a way of just kind of being reserved and then taking it in. And so to that, there's so much good stuff to unpack in there. Helping with the bullying piece. So obviously you said you're, you're a father. So how do you talk about bullying with your kid? One thing that we do that works best that I think is building a good foundation is every day I practice one act of kindness, which is when we sit down at the dinner table, even at four, our four-year-old. So I have a four, seven, and a seven-month-old. The four-year-old and the seven-year-old, I ask every single day, what is one act of kindness you did today? What I'm trying to do is build in a practice of not only gratitude, but appreciation for other people and getting them to think about other people throughout their day and not think about themselves. The last piece that I offer as parents, it is extremely difficult to have patience in moments of bullying, whether it's your son doing the bullying or whether it's uh, your kid is being bullied because we naturally get angry about that. Like who wants to hurt our kid or I can't believe my kid is hurting some other people. But in those moments, if we could just find glimpse of patience, which is taking reserve and asking ourselves a better question about what is the best approach on this? Maybe it's taking a few breaths and revisiting. And so how can we get more curious in those moments so we can better teach our kids to grow with a growth mindset and not be in experiences of bullying? Implementing those practices, the first step is at a young age, it helps you to deal with bullying and to not be a bully and things like that. But it also sounds like it kind of drives you in your business now and helping like in agriculture. It's all about that questioning mindset and that, that kindness and compassion towards the farmer. Yeah. And what's really worked well with us in agriculture is I spent the, the last two years uh, driving out to farms and sitting at their kitchen tables and just letting them tell me their story and what they need help with. And that's how we've learned to race, basically build the entire business plan that we have right now. I mean, we did launch the online farmer's market model, but throughout that whole two-year journey, just sitting back and listening to what they truly need is impactful. And I can share that with my kids. Like I can share that, you know, the, the concept of mom and dad always telling you to listen really does pay off in life because people truly do care about those that care to listen and ask questions about themselves. And then what you'll find out is that builds trust and relationships. And so I'm trying to lay the foundation for our kids, not only from a agricultural and a, a food eating habit perspective, but actually caring about those in the community that helps support your foundational body, which is growing the food that you love to eat. You talked a little bit earlier about how you were in this great position, this position that everybody would want, right? Like people would look at that from a business point of view and go, that's where you want to be. That's he's made it right. And you realize that you hadn't. So for, for some people listening who are in that kind of situation, what kind of advice can you give them as they're going through that period where they know that this is good to everyone else, but not to them? Yeah. So what's great about this concept is most people think about jumping into something new, let's call it entrepreneurship, where they completely have to jump ship. They have to abandon what they're doing today and then completely jump into something new. What I'd like to offer advice is that that's not entirely true for everybody. And so I was flexible enough in the job that I had that I did a small leap into entrepreneurship because I was dedicated for two years of just learning, knowing that I wasn't going to make any money but I was going to be able to build a foundation to get me to where I want to. Most of us prioritize towards short-term outcomes because we can't physically see the future. And so if you can just have patience in finding out what you love. So if you're stuck in a job today that you make good money, but you know that you want to do something else, work on that time of yourself and design what that career would look like for you to do that. And then slowly launch in by prioritizing your future you and doing a couple of steps every day to build towards that. Plus it helps build in uh, fulfillment because you're doing something every day, waking up every day, loving it, 
and starting to build towards your passion. It's funny because as you say all that, it all kind of goes full circle, right? So when you're dealing with bullying as a kid, you deal with it with kind of that patience of listening mindset, right? As you as you get older, you're in your career, patience, listening mindset, slow growth, right? And then back full circle, now you have a kid of your own, same thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's so easy to think about where we want to be and we want to get there now. And even for a kid, same thing. And we know like even the world today of uh, instant gratification makes that even more hard for kids to even think through. So if we can just teach our kids or ourselves just a little bit of patience and prioritizing the future you versus that immediate outcome wake up every day and do one step towards something that you want to do the rest of your life talk a little bit more about how you're incorporating food into uh, your life your children's life and how other people can incorporate into theirs Uh, habits you eat better food you eat better fruits vegetables but what we don't talk about is why we're not and the reason why we're not is because we've built in these habits of convenience What I like to do is couple food health with habits. And what does your home look like? Like, do you have processed sugar items around the table that's easy access to get to? We need to talk about a foundational uh, way of building better habit systems around food. And then after we get to that, then we can talk about the better food sources, which is food grown right in your backyard actually provides you voltage based on uh, research done by David Sinclair, who's a renowned uh, researcher and doctor at Harvard, that food grown in your backyard in stress environments provides you the right amount of energy. We talk about those things, where you can find the food, how farmers markets and farming is important, but then we help you build a foundational habit so that it's sustainable for you and you don't feel like it's a constraint every day trying to eat healthy. Tell people how they can learn more about you. So I have my own personal website. If you're interested in what I write about, um, I publish articles on LinkedIn, but uh, troy-rice.com. Uh, you can reach me there. Our company's name is FarmBridge and that's F-A-R-M-B-R-I-G-G-E.com. It's an old English version of Bridge. And uh, we're looking to launch a brand new platform. Would love for anybody to engage, ask questions. We do a lot around uh, food literacy and communities to help parents and kids build better food habits. So thank you so much for the time today, Troy. I know 10 minutes definitely was not enough to dive into everything. So go check him out, learn more about him. (laughs) 